you're going to hamstring the second iteration um, by not making it backwards compatible. Now, if there's a good reason for that, I would love to hear it. Hello and welcome to the bottom of the internet. This is another Dead Pixel, a podcast about things and stuff and video games um, and video game news. Uh, my name is Nick. I will be your host tonight. Here with me, James Bond's body double. Uh, rather, I should say Pierce Brosnan's uh, body double uh, for all of the movies uh, to do with James Bond. That's actually, I think you were telling me b before the show, that's where you got that shirt is on the set of GoldenEye. Um, uh, it's Joe. Joe, how you doing tonight? Uh, doing all right. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing that they let like, you know, a middle schooler in as a body double for Pierce Brosnan. But yeah, that's, you know, that's where I was and that's how old. Could so. you tell me about the lovemaking scenes that uh, you, you uh, stepped in for him? Or, uh, which one was your favorite? All right. Well, they always have to show the back end because, you know, when they ever do the close-ups, you know, so there's actually no actual bumping and grinding. It's just, you know, it just looks like it. And then they just zoom in on, you know, they actually just get on and close uh, him on, you know, face-to-face. -face. So, yeah, it's, you know, technology was different back then. Green screen and deep fakes, not so much a thing back then. So, yeah, I mean, or the green screens were really bad. You can tell right away. Would you call those the good old days? Uh, financially, probably nowadays, <laughs> not so much. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, and, uh, Joe just happens to be a connoisseur of video games like myself. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to sit, sit here and talk about video games and the news, uh, and what we've been watching and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, other than that, real talk, how, how, how you doing? Uh, everything hunky dory in uh, in Joe world. Uh, well, this last week's been pretty busy. Uh, yeah, I had some um, had some family stuff come up, so it kind of ate away at most of my free time this week. Uh, but you know, everything's all right in the end. Uh, yeah, so just burning the candle at um, you know at both ends for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to be here. This is uh, kind of like the highlight of my uh, my week. It's putting a little uh, you know cherry on top. So yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for you know, being able to meet with me. We're doing this a little earlier than usual oh, yeah. because the schedules are all kind of whack. Uh, but yeah, so watch something really important is going to happen tomorrow. We're only doing this. I was thinking early, about that. Still. I was like, it's <laughs> some like freaking, I don't know, like some surprise Mario game is going to get released tomorrow and, and we're going to have two weeks without <laughs> being able to talk about it. Uh, but that is, uh, that is how the cookie crumbles as they say. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I'm I'm sorry your life is busy. My life's been my life's been pretty busy too. Um, I, I'm studying for this test now, uh, trying to make stuff work for me. Should should come up with a pretty good pay raise um, at the end of it. Uh, my company should offer me a good pay raise after completing it, and uh, then that'll just mean more equipment and more games to play and uh, cool stuff. So looking forward to that. That is the hope, right? You know, well, uh, well more work for more pay than more leisure. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's kind of the vicious cycle um, or the dream. Yeah, I, I just uh, I'm pretty sure they'll give me a pay raise. If they don't give me a pay raise. Uh, I have to think about what my next move was because that would be pretty 
um, a pretty big slap in the face. But good thing they don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, they don't know about this podcast. They don't know about this podcast, and I hope that they never will. I won't say where I work. That's for sure uh, on here. Even though it is a wonderful company so far, um, really, really, actually, really is. I've never had any problems with them, um, so. I have every bit of confidence that it's all going to work out. But yeah, so that's kind of just what's going on with me. Um, we got a bunch of news. We got quite a bit of news, so we can go ahead and uh, jump right into that. Uh, the first thing up is um, the Grand Theft Auto 6 leak. Uh, this happened, uh, we're talking on a Thursday evening. This happened, I believe, uh, it, I think on the... Um, on the 18th, I think Sunday or something like that. Um, the, the Sunday prior, um, you can correct me on that if I'm wrong, but, uh, uh, the way that it, uh, it started, well, I guess I'll just go with what, what happened. Uh, Grand Theft Auto six, uh, had a massive leak of 90 videos of pretty extensive gameplay, um, uh, from the game that is in development. They uh, popped up on some forums, on some, uh, I believe it was uh, some, some GTA mod forums, and uh, I think on YouTube as well, or maybe they ended up on YouTube after that. But uh, they were quickly found uh, to be uh, considered real and legit. Um, and so it spread like wildfire, pretty quickly um the uh the i've been kind of doing a little bit of research and it seems like they've traced it back to the slack messages um for the devs of gta 6 they were kind of sharing videos and stuff like that as they you know do uh, uh, within their company but uh, whoever the hacker was hacked in and uh and grab that and i shouldn't say whoever the hacker was because uh the hacker is a person named teapot uber hacker um that's who they th that's who they think it is this is um the same guy they believe that uh hacked uber uh not too long ago um i've been reading some other articles saying that the fbi was already investigating him um they think that he is British, uh, there's a that there's some I think a Euro Gamer article or something that that seems to allude that he may be this other hacker um, under some different aliases. But yeah, so so the the, the FBI's eyes already been working on him, um, and then the uh, the hacker um, not too long after the leaks came out. He offered um, Rockstar to make a deal, uh, but what didn't say exactly what the terms would be. People, so people are assuming that he, or uh, thinking that he might have some or all of the source code, or at least, at the very least, a considerable amount more um, leak material that he could uh, put out there. So. Uh, that's kind of the state of things right now. I haven't heard anything too much beyond that, but uh, pretty big deal. Uh, what do you think about all this, Joe? Yeah, I actually didn't. Uh, when it comes to most of these leaks and uh, 
you know things i usually try to keep myself in the dark because uh grand theft auto is a franchise i actually like uh to play through and you really it's one of those things that you really just don't want to spoil it for yourselves and when people do this it's like you know the only thing it really did is solidly confirm how much they got done i mean you can't escape uh, so long as you have like any form of you know even social media or even just surfing through any of your local sites yeah. you'll end up coming across headlines and stuff so you know heads up slight spoilers you know because they've mentioned you know like you know you got uh at least a minimum of two playable protagonists you have some vice city uh locations you know things like that and so uh you know vice city uh you know or somewhere being in that in that situation makes sense because they just got done doing uh essentially the uh west coast you know they made reference to you know it's like them doing uh san andreas you know, locations and they're like yeah they built upon that and so and that's before that they uh liberty city they built upon that beforehand you know from uh to gta 4 uh so that makes sense that they're going to be uh finally touching back on an old haunt that people like because people loved uh vice city it was probably you know widely regarded as probably the best uh of the you know ps2 era yeah, that was uh, that was a really big um, game uh, at the time it uh, when it came out. I don't know how it did sales comparison wise, but it's been yeah talked about as being the best of that era uh, for sure, and maybe and probably easily the best for uh, the the actual time period that it came out. It was a pretty it was pretty much a, a very well polished GTA three um, in a different setting, so. It was like a, a really good iteration on on what they had going there, but um, yeah, I was gonna try to avoid talking about any really specific spoilers. I haven't looked at any of the videos themselves because I too am looking forward to GTA Six in a big way. Uh, I really like to, to to get my hands on that whenever it comes out. Um, they were saying that uh, this game has been in development in some form since uh, 2014, uh, so. It's been it's been in there a good it's been it's been cooking a, a good long time, um, but uh, it's it's really sad to see the, the the this game get leaked. I think they are still a good ways away though, so as long as uh, there aren't any more leaks, should be uh, maybe not a fresh game to everybody, but there's still a lot uh, left that uh, they're gonna work on and unveil whenever the time comes. Yeah, uh, I mean, as far as it's been on work since 2014, I mean, uh, I think it was the latter half of 2013 is when Grand Theft Auto V came out, and you can literally just say the multiplayer. They, you know, that they're probably bringing in the multiplayer in some form or another. So yeah, they've technically been working on Grand Theft Auto VI in some form. Also, just you know, having a basic concept or design, you know, that also would include that, but. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that I'm sure it's going to be great. The problem is they've lost a, you know, they lost quite a few people that were really important to the staff, uh, as far as you know, uh, writing and so forth. So we'll see how. Um, it's it's. I'm more interested in you know, a lot of people felt kind of, you know, love it or hate it. You know, it was either the best Grand Theft Auto Five was either the peak of the series or it, it was like a step too far for a lot of people. Um, how so? You know it. Well, it just um, it kind of got more ridiculous in a like, yeah, we've we understand you're kind of doing satire on satire at this point. It's not, um, 
you know, back when uh, in the older uh, Grand Theft Autos, you at least had like, oh, this is witty. This is the first time we've heard it. Now you're kind of running the same jokes again. And uh, when it came to, I like certain aspects of five, uh, but five is I hadn't I hadn't actually beat it. it I kind of just it lost me somewhere halfway through. It was a lot of fun and it was more fun as a sandbox. I actually hadn't had fun with the sandbox mode, you know, like just playing around in the world for quite some time in a grand theft auto not since like vice city actually um mm-hmm. san andreas i had uh, san andreas was okay but i think around that time i was starting to get burnt out and i think just personally vice city was the um the peak of just you know silliness and mayhem you know making fun of um a lot of the old uh, like scarface essentially was a big uh inspiration for that game uh while san andreas went towards more of like the boys in the hood um story arc and that was a uh, you know growing up in the uh you know in Arizona around the early 90s uh during LA riots and stuff like that that was um that I look at it that a little differently I guess <laughs> so it was you know I got to visit um you know we visited and supported some of the local shops during uh you know during the riots uh essentially and that was not a favorable time in my life so yeah, we, you know, my mother was like, yeah, we have to go out there and support. I'm like, my dad's like, do we really have to? She's like, yeah. She's like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and then after that, I really liked the main character, uh, Nico Bellic from 4. But 4 was just, uh, there wasn't, I don't know, it was, it was hailed as like, you know, 10s across the board when it first came out. And then like uh, a handful of years later, a lot of people turned on that game in a sour way, uh, you know, just because it was not as many, there wasn't as many things to do as you really originally thought. But at the time, it was just groundbreaking. Like, oh, there's so much of unique things. But then looking in hindsight, you're like, oh, yeah, maybe it wasn't as it could have been. I like Nico as a character. Um, I, I thought he was a fun person to play with. Uh, but also there was a lot of stupid things they had in the game and granted a lot of it was meme worthy, you know, uh, you had all the side, you know, all these side characters calling, asking to do stuff, or you could just waste time bowling, playing darts. Um, yeah. So it's, and when five came around, it was like, all right, it's fresh perspective kind of how, you know, you have the three, three different archetypes of people and, uh, it's, it seemed like it was really good, but some like I said, just somewhere halfway through the game, it just kind of lost me. Um, so that's I just felt that you know like so when it comes six I'm really curious how the writing is going to hold it up because for me that's I actually like the GTA games for the writing so okay I know it's weird <laughs> well I mean like I have only played parts of uh, of a lot of them um, but uh, I I did want to try to get my hands on the on the new one and really dig into it I kind of have given up on five. Uh, I could go back and try to play it, but it's it's a uh, it's a little bit of a, a thing that I just missed. Um, but uh, for for like um, for these games, uh, I don't know. Like to me, it's sort of irritating that it's taken so long for six to come out. Um, but if you think about it, uh, when did Red Dead Redemption two come out? Like four years ago. Four years ago, has uh, it been that long? I guess it has been, at least three. Dang. Uh, uh came out like uh second half of twenty eighteen. Okay, dang. Yeah, I mean, 
if you look at like 2013 to 2018, I guess that's five years uh, between games, as far as I know. And then I guess uh, GTA 6 will be their next game that they come out with, and that'll be probably another year or two away, uh, probably more, I guess. But I don't know. It just seems like uh, they've they've gotten longer and longer between major releases, and that seems to be because of the online you know, money printing uh, systems that they have, which are wildly successful, but, uh, and that's, that's really cool for a lot of people, but man, like, it's just not why I play games. So it's, it's sort of irritating to me, but either way, like nobody deserves to get hacked like this. And I think it's, uh, I don't know. It's just a crappy thing. I, I, I just don't know what they're going to, I don't know how extensive the damage really is. Um, if you really like, GTA so much that you're going to look at um, that you're going to go and look at GTA 6 spoilers uh, then you're probably going to buy the game anyway Um, so I I don't know I just don't know how much this really hurts them other than just kind of being a a big like egg on the face thing I'm sure there's I'm sure it is going to hurt them in some way uh, but like in in a monetary way but I think it might be a little bit overblown and and how bad it really ends up being. Yeah, I think what happens is it, it actually hurts the cadence of releasing information. It helps uh, because they can't control the hype as much anymore uh, because you can, a lot of times, you know, you'll see like countdowns for countdowns, you know, like, oh yeah, we'll do a countdown. We'll release a little tidbit of information and then we like, we'll, we'll leak a little bit more. Um, this case, it's, now you have to either scrap the whole thing or you're just going to have to roll with the punches and, uh, you know, but it's not going to be as big of a shock value. You know, if you're, because that's always one of the biggest things is like, where is it going to be at? Like, you know, it's the concept of um, who, like, what kind of main protagonist are you playing as? Uh, you know, what's their, what's their issue? Are they, are lifetime criminal? Like, cause that's generally how they all have been for the most part. Uh, you know, it's just, but, yeah, you're it's, right. Yeah, I mean, really like, there is like a, a a thing to being able to come out with all the information held back and release it exactly the way that you want it to be. Like if they had a big like like event, like a like a announcement event where they talk about as much of the game that they want, um, which I do hate the drip feed of information, uh, especially these days. But but if I was in control. Uh, or trying to make a game like that, I would want to be able to go, okay, this is where you are, and this is the person you are, and these are the cool things that you can kind of do um, in, in that way because you can kind of control the hype and make people more excited about it by always presenting it as a cool thing, but when like the main character or some of the side characters or whatever uh, and the location and stuff gets spoiled uh, to people before it's ready it's like well that's all old news now so can't really count on that to be a big a big drop at our announcement uh session so that just that just sucks yeah that and the fact that uh most people have learned to hate uh big announcements for new games and then have to wait years for it you know the 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 common trend amongst a lot of gamers is uh, don't tell me anything. Tell me, and then come out with the game 
within a reasonable time frame. Don't yeah. be like, hey, guess what? We're going to come out with I don't know the new Final Fantasy game. Here's the number. Here's a couple screenshots of people and sit tight. We'll get back to you in six years. You know, uh, people would would rather you wait and be like, hey, guess what, guys? It's coming out six months from now, you know, maybe next year. Like it's much more manageable that way uh, for expectations. And plus that way, when it gets bumped back, you're like, wait, you told me six years ago, this game's supposed to be coming out. Now you're telling me it's getting pushed back again, you know, or something, you know, that's people get really pissed. But if you say, Hey, the game comes out, you know, within four months and then surprise, it got pushed back, you know, once, twice. Yeah, that sucks. But at least I'm not been, I haven't been waiting you know, what feels like an eternity for it. Yeah. I'd love to see the research on, uh, the benefits of announcing a game more than a year before it actually comes out. Because like, I, I mean, I think even a year is too long. I think, I think six months is, is about right. Hey, we have a new game. It's coming out in six months. It's plenty of time for people to hear about it, get hyped and not, and like, and not get pissed at, on having to wait or um, like for, for, from a, like a project management standpoint, it's like six months out on a big project like that. You can go, okay, we're going to be ready. Like we're, we're 99, we're like 95% of the way there. We're going to be cleaning some stuff up. We could have a setback. Sure. But it's, it's very unlikely. There's not going to be any major things that are going to go horribly wrong. So you're not going to make people mad, but like when you announce like final fantasy remake, gosh, what three, four years in advance, it's like, what is, I mean, that like, what is the benefit of that? that there's so much to lose. Cause they didn't even have like a director. They, or they lost a director or something in that time. I just remember that it was barely even a game as like a project. It was barely like people who were working on it. Didn't even know they were working on it. Uh, it was a concept, and that's uh, when when developers do that or companies do that. It's uh, due to shareholders. They have to. The shareholders want to know what they're why they're holding on to your stock, why they should be in, like investing in your company, and also it's uh, on a corporate level. It's to um, it's literally to, to, for them to get funding uh, from other sources. Uh, so if you're a if you're a medium sized company. You know, uh, you don't necessarily want to kickstart everything, especially when you're a quote unquote bigger company. Because if you're a bigger company and you try to kickstart something, uh, people get really pissed. They're like, "Why the heck do you need my money? You're a, you're know, you're a multi million dollar company," uh, and they don't realize, yeah, but the scale of this project is actually really small because they don't have a lot of faith in a new IP or something like that. And yeah. that's why I forget there has been incidences where. They're like, yeah, once we um, we're going to try to get one hundred thousand dollars from you guys and then we're going to shop around afterwards. And people are like, what? Uh, but yeah, that's well, like, well, it's proof that you guys are interested in it. You're willing to invest this base funding. And now we got to go find ourselves a real publisher to back us because we need real money, not just your like chump change. Uh, so, yeah, it's just to show that there are, that there's interest. There's people who are willing to pay for this before they ever even get anything just on the hope that they get it. So, so there's probably some numbers back there that say how much that's going to translate into actual sales, uh, which may or may not be, which may or may not make any sense, but, yeah, it just uh, it's just silly to me to uh, to, to do that. I mean, it, it, I don't know. It, it 
pisses off the fans, puts a ton of pressure on whoever's working on the project. It's like, wait, I can't push this thing at all if things go horribly wrong. Like, I mean, it's just wild. But anyway, so uh, that's probably enough about uh, GTA 6 and the the conversation sprawl that we have engaged in there. Uh, so we're going to go on. Um, the next thing uh, that I found to be super interesting about uh, last week is uh, EVGA is uh, getting out of the GPU industry. Um, I don't really know anything about this. I think Joe, I think you've looked at some of this stuff, but, but, uh, like my question is like, if EVGA isn't doing GPUs, like, like what are they doing? I mean, I guess they have some other stuff, but that's like what I thought they were principally, I thought that was their bread and butter of their business. Uh, so could you explain to us kind of what's going on here? Yeah, not a problem. I'll, I'll do a, a Cliff Notes version, as it were, okay. and I'll start this with uh, this news. Uh, this whole bit was uh, broken by Gamers Nexus. Uh, so Steve and the Gamers Nexus uh, crew ended up, uh, they actually flew out there uh, and they got an interview. They did the whole, they had everything pre-filmed and then they're the ones who broke the news to the world. So look up Gamers Nexus on YouTube if you want the full in-depth, uh, you know, article. It's actually really fascinating. And uh, yeah, to answer your question, uh, EVGA uh, most notably makes their money from uh, doing high-end or you know quality and high-end graphics cards. They've done it for a, quite some time now. They work with uh, people like Kingpen, and they they're noted for the for the win series cards. Um, very expensive, but also like the ones that you want to overclock and to try to make new world records with. Um, the the long and short of it seems like they just got really tired of all the loophole, like are not loopholes, but all the um the hoops they had to jump through for uh, uh for Nvidia and found it really taxing and uh just to just to be working with them. And so what they've said is they're going to be selling through their current stock of um you know 30 series cards and they're going to keep a quite a bit a handful uh to the side for any rmas you know purposes and then when that's when essentially when that's done that's it they're out they don't seem to have any current plans uh at the moment to be working with any gpu uh company so amd or intel and uh you know they have other lines of business but for the most part this is like I want, all right, I'm going to misquote this, so I apologize. It's like something like 80% of their business comes from, uh, you know, it comes from GPUs. Uh, they've have they've had prior let some uh, people go in some of the other facilities, and uh, so yeah, unfortunately, they're going to try their best to keep staff on hand or try to work with them in the future to either you know in some form or fashion uh, for you know payment or relocation. But eventually, you know, essentially those people are going to need to find real jobs elsewhere. Uh, yeah, that's just, hmm. it's kind of a so, little unknown or a little murky about what exactly they're going to be doing to sustain themselves in the future. They're going to, you know, focus themselves on a, being a smaller business, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'd be trying to downsize, um, the, which, I mean, throwing 80% of your business away or even 60%, if it's, if it's uh, even that low of a number, that's pretty wild to me. Um, these kind of, these kind of business decisions from a, even a medium sized company, 
uh, are not taken lightly, and uh, there's usually a plan uh, for what to do next. Um, I mean, EVGA, uh, they were, I don't, I don't know what what rank they were in GPU sales, but uh, but they were up there. You know, them, Corsair, like EVGA is like one of the probably first ones I would think of. Um, so to me, yeah, downsizing a little bit. I wonder if they have some deals in the works with um, with uh, uh, the name just came uh, AMD or or Intel, like you said. Maybe um, that would be the most likely thing to me. But the other thing would be it'd be pretty wild. Uh, I don't know if they could really do it, but uh, making their own GPUs. Uh, I don't know how much in research and development development they have, but that's the biggest reason to me to get out of the business is if, or to get out of the business of selling somebody else's GPUs is if you're going to start making them yourself. But if that were the case, I think that they would have taken this time to go ahead and announce that they are making their own GPUs. Um, the, the other thing about, about uh, NVIDIA is like, if you've been tracking their stock price over the years they're a monster like that. Like that stock is, has been through the roof since around the time of the pandemic starting and maybe before. Um, I just remember it started to go way, way up around that time. And uh, so I, I kind of wonder if maybe NVIDIA is getting a bit too, too big for their britches and they're throwing their weight around and maybe not taking care of their business relationships because they're the only game in town. Um, or at least that they they feel like they are. Uh, so anyway, it just sounds like I'm just kind of reading the tea leaves here, thinking like, well, you know, why would you want to go separate ways? It's because they don't make you jump through too many hoops to do the stuff. So it, it seems like they're rubbing them the wrong way. Um, and uh, that's not a good sign for NVIDIA because if EVGA can go somewhere else, um, and and thrive uh, or do something different, then uh, the other companies under uh, that work with Nvidia might start to think the same thing, or they might not stop selling GPUs. They might go to to um, to, to AMD or strike a deal with uh, with Intel. There's there's still other people who can do this. So very strange to me. Yeah. Well, like I said, uh, they you know they stated that they don't have any current plans to work with. Uh, you know, they're getting out of the GPU industry is what it seemed like. Uh, and to, it is a very difficult concept to just get into the GPU uh, business yeah, yeah. Uh, because you're, you're already fighting for fab, uh, you know, uh, space when you compared to uh, all the other major manufacturers, not just, I mean, there's only so many places that can make the chipsets you need and everyone's sharing those same locations. So then you're having to fight for space for um, between, Apple, Intel, you know, Intel has the money to make them do things themselves, uh, but still. Uh, and then you have, you know, like I said, NVIDIA, A AMD are the biggest ones, but you got other people that still need to use space for other, you know, the same factories for other things such as uh, processors and stuff. So it's not, it's not a, it's not just something you can lightheartedly get into. You, you need, 
an exorbitant amount of money. You know, maybe yeah. in the future that might be a possibility. You can you know tinker with the idea if um, the U.S. is trying to open up more, lo- you know, locations and you know. Uh, I've always been. I so just confused. don't see that being a thing. I've always been so confused as to why all the superconductor manufacturing plants in the world are either in communist China or Taiwan, um, which is a little bit the same thing. But it's just, it's always baffled me. It's like, why, like, like, why is it? And I know it's because of money and, and the, and uh, the cheapness of labor and stuff like that. But man, there's some other places that are really cheap to, to, to have labor. I mean, Vietnam, uh, Singapore probably isn't that bad. Um, there, there's other places. So like, why is it all in China? I mean, that's... It's probably the access to resources themselves because China, not only, you know, if you go to other places, let's say Singapore, everything's going to have to be imported. Uh, so you have to have the, that logistical nightmare. Yes, Taiwan has to be imported, but if it's being imported from China, then it's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah. Also, you have the uh, the staff needed uh, on the, the higher end education level. You know, like you have a lot of people to pick from. And if they don't have to really relocate that far. Uh, it's it's a little different when you're being like, hey, guys, come to Vietnam, you know, and, you know, it's like there's a lot of nice things here in Vietnam, but it's, but it's a big move for a lot of people who are qualified. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they have plenty of people, but, you know, you if you already have uh, some sort of factory there, it's easier to, you know, steal people from that. You know, it's uh, if, you know, starting a new spot in the U.S., that's, you know, the, the reason behind that is taxes, right? And so they're like, America's like, we're going to give all these companies tax breaks and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, so that's why we're starting to break ground here because we're tired of trying to pay the import fees and everything's getting affected from cars to yeah, phones. I mean, it's like, it's like, do we really want, you know, superconductors are, are pretty important <laughs> in uh, 2022. They're in everything that we care about, our phones, our computers, uh, in our cars. Uh, and do we really want that to all be in a com- like being made in a communist country uh, that is somewhat adversarial to, to the United States and the rest of the world? I don't know. It's, uh, it's just weird to me. It's like, like, I know it's all money stuff, but it's like I would if, – if somebody could say, hey, you can pay – even like 20% more, uh, I would definitely consider and probably, I'd, I'd probably buy uh, stuff made or su- stuff with superconductors in it if I knew it was like made like in America, which would be really hard, but like somewhere besides China. I just feel like there's got to be some somebody out there who can uh, who can make this work. But yeah, you're right. Like like resources are a big thing and China does have, have access to a lot of that. Um, but, uh, yep, that's yeah. that's a big part, and it's once again, you start buying from from you know an, uh, a Western fab, that's fine, that's that's on you. That doesn't make the the, the currently existing Chinese fabs go away. They're still there. They're still going to be pumping out stuff. That's... If anything else, you freed them up to make more stuff for themselves. You're better off giving them the money, but taking all their like all the fabs for yourself. If 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 you're going to play that, you know. Uh, what if mind game? Like, well, if if I'm constantly having orders, they're only making for me. They're not making for anyone else. Then you're stopping them for that. But the moment you stop, you know, you know, like they, they're free to make what they want. They can, you know, you can 
you play that what if but yeah i mean uh, like i just yeah. i just work on the premise that like monopoly is is bad um and you know you want you, there's there's argument to be made about how free the market should be but i think most people can agree that that monopoly is bad and i'm just like why are we why do we have like why do we allow uh china to, to own all of this and it's just it's just silly to me if, but they already uh, own most of America, man. Don't even like uh, Walmart used to be all American, you know, hundred percent American made. Now, like, like years ago, they be like early two thousands, they were the number one, you know, uh, buyer of Chinese goods. Uh, so yeah. they went from all American to all overseas. Um, most of our companies may, are, you know, uh, most, you know, like if not, you know, partially if not mostly owned by some sort of Chinese asset holder. So. It's already too late. We're doomed. <laughs> yeah, I guess with that attitude, <laughs> it's, already, <laughs> it's already too late. I mean, yeah, it's not any pro anything that we're going to solve right now. I just like to rant and rave. Um, but I, I, w I would love it if EVGA tried to do something crazy in the market and, uh, and and do something weird. But it sounds like they're just kind of bowing out. But that is such a weird thing to me to to bow out completely and just it's like yeah, maybe shrink back, maybe scale back and, and do this or that or try to make some kind of deal the partnership was just was just that volatile i mean you know behind the scenes they the things that they had to deal with like to warrant that kind of uh response you know unless if you know like I said unless we they the couple months down the road they come out with a surprise being like yeah here we are partnered with a new something or other uh but you know for now uh yeah. yeah that's you know uh good luck to all those who are affected by it you know like potentially losing their jobs or trying to find relocations so um uh, but yeah and then uh, more on the uh the nvidia news uh you know nvidia just announced the other day the uh the new uh 4000 series cards more specifically uh the 4090 and uh two 4080s uh which doesn't make a lick of sense all okay. right. So, so, so yeah, go so tell me about this uh 4080, 4080 double version and kind of what what they're uh doing uh there. All right. So, uh what they've decided to do this time is confuse the hell out of people. Uh they did this kind of with the uh with this last generation or the current generation, I should say, the 30 series when they came out with their laptop cards. Uh so Everyone knows, uh, you know, like a 3080 uh, for the for your main tower uh, is a pretty strong card. And then they're like, well, here's here's the 3080 for the laptop, which has the same number. So everyone thinks, obviously, that's the same same card just you know shoved into a laptop. And it's just like, no, it's actually more of equivalent to the power spec of a 3070. Uh, but they're calling it 3080 because it sounds better. And most people will just buy it under the false assumption that it is the same. These they're obviously both 3080s. They're equal, right? No. So they they've kind of tricked some people on that. Wait, front. so so this new and this new 4080, there's two versions of the 4080. Yep. And okay. so they're tricking people on this one too. Uh so what oh, they've okay. done is they've gone ahead and made a so the um they made two versions. One is a 12 a gigabyte version and the other one is a 16 gig uh 12 gigs goes for uh 899 uh so which is uh slightly more expensive than the 30 uh the 3080 when it came out so but that is kind of why it's there it's kind of it's kind of there being like hey guys uh yeah it's a little more expensive but it is a better card uh and that's like okay that's 
not really okay, but fine, whatever. I mean, it's not, you're getting a worse cost per value upgrade, you know, percentage wise from the previous year, you know, generation. And, but then they're like, yeah, here's this other 4080. Also, it's both the same name. No, you know, not super, not TI, um, no not even a, yeah, no, names. except for the fact that it's the 16 gigabyte version and it costs, um, $1,200, you know? Dang. So going from 900 to 12, uh, that's a substantial difference. Uh, and that is the same price point as the old uh, 3080 Ti, if I remember correctly. So they are, uh, they, you know, they've jumped the price, not letting anyone know the difference. And, you know, but if they, what they want to do essentially is they did this with the last 3080. They came out with a 3080 towards the end of the series, you know, within the last year, which had a higher, uh, higher uh, VRAM spec. And they're like, hey, guys, guess what? We're going to bump up the price because we don't actually have an MSRP on this. Because when we came in with our MSRPs uh, and then the pandemic hit, uh, everyone was you know, selling our stuff on, you know, on the side for way more money. And we missed out. So this mm-hmm. is them trying to cash in on that greediness, being like, hey, gamers will pay stupid prices for this. Uh, we've proven it. It's, it's seen it. Now we want to get our money's worth. Well, so, well, gamers, but also, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if if Bitcoin is going to um, influence it because I've heard that. Well, I mean, it's Ethereum. I don't Ethereum's know. Ethereum's going to Ethereum's supposed to be going from. Uh, I don't know enough about it, but it's from proof what I of gathered, work it's, to proof of stake. Proof of states, and, and that's supposed to be doing any any time now. And so, essentially, that's why that's one of the big reasons why uh, a lot of the um, the market kind of slowed down, um, and you're now starting to see a lot more come up on the used market, especially with the new, uh, you know, the new cards around the corner. Not everyone wants to buy. No, people are starting to be like, well, I'll just wait till the new series comes out. Um, so there's, you know, there's this, and then there's the 40, the 4090, which, uh, 4090 is, uh, $1,600 or six. Yeah. $1,600, which I think, uh, the 3090 was 1500 when it came out. So it's a hundred dollars more. That one, you know, it's still expensive. Uh, so but what's it's at least? So what's the difference between the high end forty eighty and the forty ninety? Uh, forty ninety is uh, twenty four. I think it's twenty four gigs opposed to the um, sixteen. Now, now I'm gonna have the wrong number, and someone's gonna call me well, out on it. And I do apologize. Um, I I generally stay out of that the top tier premium market because I've never been able to really justify buying something like that i have the 3080 uh before i've always been a 70 series person you know so i had the 970 you know like i recommend people buy the 1070 when that can't like so i was always a fan of the that because uh, yeah like price. the 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 70 range is the bat is like the best bang for your buck like the generally speaking yes the the, the, the 80 is like okay this is before it gets stupid this is really good, and it's not the best bang for buck, but you're getting a lot more, and you're not complete moron for for paying this much money. But like the 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 ninety, it sounds like I mean twenty four gigs is pretty 90s amazing. Were always for production purposes, right? If okay. you had, if you were seriously into more editing of some sort, you know, three like uh, D you know, modeling and stuff like that. Yes, and so that was that was always a more of a work card. 
and the biggest bragging rights for a gamer being like, yeah, that's right. I bought it. I have a lot of income to burn. Um, if, yeah, and, if you're yeah, a streamer and you're really rich or trying to be, then yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, there's not really a big, you know, a big need for the 90 series for just the, a casual like myself. So okay. yes. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Yeah. That, that 4080 price tag being, what'd you say? Eight, 850 or almost nine for the low uh, end the oh yeah so yes it's um it's going to be 899 899 for the low end and then 1200 for the 16 gig yes so it's nine or you know it's nine or 12 <laughs> that look on your face says it all i don't know i don't know about that man i mean yeah i don't know about that I mean, nine, nine's not so bad. Twelve is. I mean, they just they just fucking blew right past that grand, didn't they? Didn't stop at like eleven hundred. It just like straight to twelve hundred, <laughs> or at, at a thousand. Uh, you know, just like f it, let's go. <laughs> I don't see why I would. I don't know. I'm I I don't know. I'm thinking about saying fuck it, and just getting it. A 2080 and <laughs> just enjoying uh really spectacular 1080p gaming for a while uh longer but yeah i don't know that's um because i've already got a ps5 now i and what I, I don't know man that's that is a lot of cheddar to put down for for a new graphics card you know and then the other thing is like if i'm paying 1200 for the 16 gig why don't I just pay sixteen hundred and future proof myself for you know two or three generations on the hopefully on the forty ninety um I don't know what do you think so as far as I guess if you had the money to burn and you want to do the forty ninety you're not getting terribly ripped off compared to the prior generation. Uh, you know, because it's only a hundred dollars more, um, and you are getting better performance. Uh, but at the same time, I just I couldn't justify it to myself. I'm I've started looking at uh thirty another thirty eighty because my my old computer ha is running that nine seventy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, hey, at least if I get a or even if I got a you know a thirty seventy, like you know, I'm looking at the used market as well. Uh, and people are starting to post them for a good deal. Uh, they they also there's quite a few people posting saying, "Hey, uh, used for mining," <laughs> so you know that that card's gonna have <laughs> a, a shorter lifespan. But has been, yeah, that, that card has been ridden hard, like <laughs> like a used car, man, or like a. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's buying a used car with a hundred thousand miles on it, and then you know I'm like, yeah, but it'll it'll last me till the next generation, probably no problem. What I'm uh, trying to so, say is that card has been ridden harder than a uh, than a used uh, rental car, because <laughs> like, man, yeah, you're not gonna have much life left in that. You know, there's there's a good you know if you want to, you can also do stuff like. Uh, take a, you know, if someone has, you know, take that base card, uh, liquid cool it, you know, and then you can just treat it right and, you know, have some fun with it and you'll get a decent amount of life out of it. You know, you can, I honestly think you can get, uh, you can get, make it last till the, 
you know the next generation afterwards the 5000 series or whatever um i i don't see that being uh, a stretch to be honest yeah um, i mean i mean and that's kind of what i'm looking at is i'm looking at probably buying another 3000 series uh now a reason one of the few reasons to buy the 4000 series is they have the uh you know the new DLSS uh you know 3 is coming out for it and they're supposed to they're they're touting some really really impressive numbers now Nvidia does a very shady job about you know their numbers being like yeah check out this huge uplift in this and that and the other thing but they those numbers are always skewed so you have to take them with like you know more than a pinch of salt for sure yeah um but but you're looking at they were showing like going from like 30 frame you know 20 to 30 frames in cyberpunk to doing like 100 uh with the new dlss you know so like if yeah if you can start doing stuff like that then it's it it actually starts becoming really impressive yeah i would want if i got a 4090 i'd want um to be good through at least the 6000 series I'd, i'd want it to to be at least as good as like whatever lower end of the 6080s uh i'd I'd want i'd want that to be like okay it's almost there or pretty close because that way you're spending you know you're spending 1600 now to you know in the long run probably save uh one or two hundred dollars um but that but i mean there's no way to know if that's going to actually happen but man the the 40 the 4080 is going to 1600 for that higher end model is um oh wait no you said uh, 1200 4080 is going to, i'm just thinking of 16 gigabytes no it's it's 4080s <laughs> yeah it's so many numbers uh going to 1200 that is pretty pretty pricey i i do i do get it though like there's because uh, there's a chance that, that the big there's a good chance that bitcoin's going to come back and uh be profitable to mine again and then um or there'll be some new currency of some sort or something and that's yeah. what they're hoping for yeah and yeah. they've proven like i said people will buy it doesn't matter so so they want to charge those audit- guys for that they want to charge gamers they've seen what gamers will do whenever uh whenever times are tough and and the products are scarce they'll they'll pay through the nose for it so yeah it's it's it makes good business sense um i, I suppose in the short run uh, but it pisses me off. And if, uh, if anybody else can start doing anything close to what they're doing, then, uh, they're going to eat their lunch, I think. All right. So I, I, uh, what's going on is the 4090 is, uh, if I remember correctly, is slated to come out on October 12th okay. and then and then the 4080 cards are coming out uh projected at the end of november sometime uh so anyone who's hoping for 4070 uh or any of the lower t- cards you'll probably have to wait till next year uh that's generally how that works they they do their flagship their upper level cards first and then they'll eventually you know get the cheaper ones for later uh so if you're looking for something reasonable um then you might as well just it's not so what's uh, crazy? The... It's not crazy to buy a, a thirty seventy now, uh, and or you know, or like a, a thirty sixty Ti, um, because the, the replacement isn't coming out for a while. Yeah, that's uh, at that's least true. six months probably. You think so? You so. think it'll be it'll be like March before it comes out? Those thir- those forty. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, 
you know. What do you think they'll set the price for the 4070 at 700? Uh, so my my guess is, yeah, it'll probably be something like that because I think it came out at uh, 600 uh, for the 30, um, 3070. So yeah, everything seems to be a mi- base minimal. It's, it's going to be at least $100 um, because you can't, obviously, you got the uh, $900 price point for the cheaper 4080. So at most... Uh, you, you'll have like a 3070 Ti, which would be a hundred dollars less than that. So that'd be like a seven hundred dollar price point. So yeah, say two about two hundred dollars less. So yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, man, <laughs> I'm gonna start looking around for for good deals on on the 3080 or something because if I can get that for for like a really good deal, especially if it's been used or whatever, then I mean, I like my PS5. I don't even have a 4K TV, so I do want to get one of those. You know. Uh, sooner rather than later but you know i think most of the heavy lifting is going to be done on my, on my, on my ps5 for the time being so depending on the deal i might just go with that because these prices are getting kind of kind of ridiculous and i don't really know how much i really need uh a 4080 you know oh no and that's you know that's kind of the con- what's going on now is especially uh if you could pick up a uh, a 30 series card but for like whatever card you get for the tier below so if you get a 3080 for the price of a 3070 that would be at least the minimum of what you could consider a good deal yeah um i mean i know it's still hard to find certain cards even at the original msrp but like honestly with the new, you know you'd you'd want it to get it at least for that tier below price point now uh, with this, with all of this, uh, they they did announce uh, one thing that made me happy, and they talked about a little bit about Portal being re-released uh, with uh, RTX capability. So you're gonna get to, for any existing owners of Portal, they uh, you get to play it now with a uh, shiny new shiny new lighting. So that'll be fun, be cool. uh, and like the, it'll look amazing. Uh, what little they showed, I'm like, all right, that's cool. It gets me hyped to play through it again. It's not a long game, but It'd be fun nonetheless. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, man. But yeah, Nvidia pulling some some stupid stuff, and like I said, I can. It kind of makes a little more sense why maybe um, EVGA is getting out when they are, because they're like, yeah, let's, uh, you know, we we made our bank. Uh, let's let's step out before things go a little more crazy. And I don't. I think uh, for a while now, Nvidia has been making the wrong moves, and. Uh, but because they're they're more or less on top, so they they do they're they're full of themselves at this point. Yeah, they seem um, like they're getting a they're getting a little bit arrogant. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, in, in other news, um, uh, Tokyo Game Show happened. I think it's just uh, it was just now wrapping up, kind of uh, kind of today. Um, but uh, the big stuff already happened a, a while ago. Um, I wasn't uh, overly hyped uh, about this i kind of looked at what was coming out um a couple of small things uh for me the uh um, they showed some of tekken 8 and that looks really good it looks it looks like tekken but just uh better graphics um they showed a fight and uh there was a lot of cutscenes within the fight like as you're fighting whenever you do like a special move or a big hit it like jumped to like a quick cutscene and then jump back, uh, which is a little bit jarring. So I don't know how much that's going to be in the actual game, but um, it's an interesting idea at, uh, at least. 
Uh, I didn't get too much about the story, but uh, it, Tekken 8 definitely looks looks like an upgrade. So I'm excited to see that. Um, and there's a couple things that uh, that you saw that you liked, I think, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, Tekken from the last... Uh, the, the, some of those cinematic uh, sequences are actually from the... Um, the current uh, game as well so they've uh they've had some some higher end moves w in which they kind of embellish uh during the fight scenes uh they, they cause that little slowdown effect uh but yeah they're kind of going they're kind of going more into it so yeah it, it like, does look it does look really good like th uh, like these never... were moves that were like there was like he punched him and it and it was just like a little bit more stronger of a punch not like a super mover like a like a some kind of a you know bar uh, draining move, a special move. It was just sort of like a little bit harder than usual. And it, I, I don't know, it, it, I've played Tekken 7 quite a bit and I don't remember seeing anything that took, that took me out of the game quite as much as, as those things did. So it was a little bit yeah. surprising to me. Uh, yeah. It's also a little reminiscent of, um, like uh, the Injustice games or, yeah. you know, with, with some of their specials. But no, TGS. Uh, in fact, uh, wrapped up actually uh, last Sunday, uh, the 18th. Oh, okay. it was a while ago. Yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately, yeah, those during the during our uh, off week. So that's why we're coming a little late on this news. Uh, but yeah, uh, one of the things that I found uh, particularly interesting is uh, Sukuden. They're uh, bringing back one of uh, PS1's uh, most iconic and un you know, like underappreciated uh, franchises. Um, Sukuden, for all y'all who don't know, is was an RPG that let you collect uh, 101 uh, characters in your party. Uh, you got to build a, you know, you you end up getting a castle, and you you know, it's just it was a very in depth, very fun role playing game that most people didn't have a clue what it was, and then disappeared. Uh, the sequel came out. Which to even more fanfare with a, a killer story, great music. Um, honestly, probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, game for the PS One. Um, it's it's a stellar JRPG, and also most people didn't know about it, so that's why that game goes. Uh, the physical copies go retail for like a hundred to more easily on like eBay and such. Um, I'm not sure how much that actually changed when. They were for a short time available uh, digitally on the PS3. Uh, I still have my physical copies of both, um, but they are remaking these two, which means I should probably offload my stuff now <laughs> before they come out. Uh, but no, as far as remakes go, this looks really good. Uh, you know, it looks—it's uh, weird because it's Konami, so Konami actually is doing a decent job with these uh, remakes. And it's not, you know, it's just, you know, making it look more pretty. But hey, I'll take what I can get and I'll buy it for the third time. Uh, I'm not above that. Yeah, I actually watched so. uh, last year. I watched this YouTube video on kind of the history of Suikoden. And I had never, I, I, I played Suikoden 3 on the PlayStation 2 uh, back when it came out. And uh, don't remember much about it. I think I rented it and didn't really get far enough in it to to uh see much of what it was about but apparently the super nintendo versions uh of the first two were uh pretty interesting games flawed in some ways but but definitely doing some interesting stuff um so yeah it's it'll be cool that uh that that's coming back i think kind of the biggest news yeah is that konami is kind of making some games again um 
I think that there a few weeks ago, uh, we didn't get to report on it, but uh, Silent Hill 2 remake uh, screenshots were leaked. Um, so they're apparently making Silent Hill 2 again, which is uh, considered to be the best in the series. Um, that's a maybe, I guess. But uh, it's good to see Konami making games again that uh, don't involve you putting little balls uh, in them. So I'm excited to see that. But yeah, um, are you going to... So you said you're going to probably... You're probably going to buy this? Yeah, I'll buy it just for just for uh, sake of having uh, another... Di- like a legal digital copy. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, from right now, what it seems... It does seem like a decent port. Uh, you know, unlike a, a different remake that uh, I'll, we'll talk about later on that okay. um, is kind of hot trash. So... Uh, <laughs> so do you know if they're if it's going to be released physically and what systems is it going to be, re- be released on like just switch or uh or just some of the others or just pc or what all right um i'm not sure about a physical release i do know that they're talking about releasing it for the uh ps4 xbox one switch uh steam so uh you can get it that's for sure uh, but I'm not 100 percent sure if you know if we're lucky they'll they'll come out with a physical version. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they just do digital only. Yeah, so. that sounds like it's probably more likely, uh, especially for something kind of niche like that and a remake. Uh, do you know how much it's going to cost? For is it a is it a double release or is it actually two separate games? Uh, they're re- they're remaking both, uh, but they haven't. I don't think they've actually stated if it's going to be. Um, two separate released as two separate games i think if they play their cards right they'll just be released as a single package because that was the thing is uh you can actually re- uh, bring over save data and information from the first game into the second game mm. and then you were actually able to bring in data from the second game to the third game which was uh, on a different generation of console so you were actually able to put it, uh take your ps1 memory card and transfer the file over to the ps2 and they did the same thing when uh, with the later Sakun game from P- from Sakun three to four, I believe. Uh, and you had to get a memory card adapter for the PS three to fit your PS two memory card into. Mm. I own it, and I never used it. <laughs> I have the games, but I never made it that far because uh, I just kind of stopped at three, and then I continued to buy the games because um, I had a problem where I felt like I had to own the series as they came out, even though I haven't, and I I wasn't able like. I have to beat the previous game, but they're releasing new games and they're, you know, so you got to collect them all. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's how they get you. Times. That's how they get you. Okay. That's cool. Um, and then we had some stuff about, uh, some information about PS VR two. Yes. Uh, all right. So, uh, I guess bad news first, uh, they announced that, uh, at least for now, uh, PS VR two will not be able to play PS VR one games. There will be no backwards compatibility. Uh, didn't really specify why. Uh, and I believe earlier they stated that it's supposed to be, uh, it was supposed to be capable. So I'm not really sure why they're backpedaling. Uh, unless if I just remember that wrong, then uh, my thought is why couldn't they do it? Because there's, there really shouldn't be a reason why they shouldn't, you know, they're not capable. Uh, I'm hoping that with enough, um, there's not a big fan base for the PSVR, but I'm hoping enough people are upset about it in which it gets them to uh, change their minds. 
because that would be there's you know it's a niche market as as it is and so if you really want people to start actually like upgrading you should at least let them be able to carry over their games uh but we'll see uh so that's the bad news um good news there's a there's been a, a quite a few people who've gotten hands on with the uh PSVR2 and there's they've there's been a lot of good things to say about it uh from the you know the quality of the visuals the lenses uh, and how everything looks much better uh some some people have been referring it to going from like standard definition to HD uh and like the type of quality you're looking through so it's a big noticeable difference uh and there was quite a uh, there was quite a few games that people got to try out so uh one of which the one that I'm most interested in is the Resident Evil Village uh being made for uh you know for the PSVR2 and what makes this unique is you know everyone's been talking about how they should um Sony should have something like a Half-Life Alex if not get Half-Life Alex on there because it's it is like the pinnacle of VR shooters and with the new sense controls is what they're calling the the new uh VR hand controllers uh they give you a lot more fidelity and movement and you actually um you can you grab the weapons from a holster so like on equipped on you you can throw you can move gun from hand to hand so if you're left-handed you can actually you know it'll naturally let you shoot left-handed you can do uh multi-weapons so you can do two guns a knife and a gun um and when you reload you're actually gonna have to load the magazine into you know into the pistol and you know uh, pull the slide so they have uh there's a lot more intricate movement uh and just it sounds like it's an amazing experience from uh the few people i've i've seen report on it uh there's you know they they're redoing uh the walking De- dead saints and sinners uh chapter two so that one uh is a very good psvr game the first one and apparently the second one is more of the same just looks better and it's more polished so, uh, but there's, you know, there hasn't been any, I haven't heard anyone really complain about the PSVR 2. So, you know, that's, that's all leading to, you know, good signs. Uh, I, I'm pretty much going to try to get a PlayStation 5 when this thing comes out. Uh, I'm hoping that at that, when this does release, it'll have some sort of, uh, there might be a pro model or something like there was for uh psvr1 uh, i waited until i waited a little bit for v- psvr1 to come out and then i did get the pro model of the ps4 so yeah uh how about how about yourself though you've been out of the vr you know realm you haven't well you haven't dipped a toe in there so yeah, yeah i mean um i did try it one time and um i mean it's an interesting technology i don't think that it, i mean i'd have to I don't think that it really, uh, you know, is going to replace games um, that we like uh, conventional TV and controller games uh, for a, a lot of reasons. But um, but uh, it, it is pretty cool, and I do want to own the PSVR two whenever it comes out. But uh, about backwards compatibility, like there's a serious misstep here. Um, so. Either uh, Sony can do backwards compatibility and they're just being greedy and they don't want to do it, or they can't do it 
and they are failing to explain that. They, if they really can't do it within reason, then they really should come out and say, maybe not like in the announcement itself, but, but like soon after, like already, like now, we should have an explanation on why it can't be backwards compatible. Because like, is the Vive backwards compatible? Like whatever the new Vive is, is that backwards compatible with the first iteration? Uh, yeah, it's not really, it's, it's all the same PC, like hardware. It's not. Well, here's the thing about, uh, consoles. They're just PCs. That's all they are. They're more, they're more so now than they've ever been. That's for sure. They're, they're just PCs with their own separate proprietary operating system. So, uh, like I, I, it's, uh, it's baffling to me. Like you're, you have, a, you have PSVR, which miraculously has done pretty well, well enough for you to put another iteration into it. And you're going to hamstring the second iteration, um, by not making it backwards compatible. Now, if there's a good reason for that, I would love to hear it. But like, I find it hard to believe that, that like, Vive can do it, but Sony can't, especially when the PlayStation 5 is already backwards compatible with PlayStation 4 games. So I just like, I, I don't know, like I would, if I'm wrong and these are dumb questions and there's perfectly good explanations for it, I'd love to hear it. But I think it's, as I see it now, it seems like a huge misstep. doesn't mean I won't buy it. I just, it just pisses me off because I'm like, because I want to buy something that I that's going to be supported and is going to have a major game release on it, or is uh, is going to do something crazy and cool, or something pretty cool. And then the the PSVR three is going to be that much better. Like I want my purchase to be you know for the thing, but also an investment in the future. And when I see Sony doing these things, it just just makes me go, all right, here we go with the with the Vita again, you know, is this, are we going to just try to kill it on the vine? But I don't know. I, I hope that's not the case, but I just am wary about what's going on. Yeah. Microsoft prove it, uh, kind of both ways prove that the, uh, people want backwards compatibility. They may not necessarily use it to the full extent, but they do want it. They want that option. Um, and I personally would love to just have one unit do everything. I don't want to have the PSVR one and then have to pull that out from my closet to play, you know, my older games. And then when it comes to something like a uh, Beat Saber, you can't tell me that Beat Saber is not going to be on the uh, PSVR two. But also, I don't want to pay for it again. Like yeah, like I've I bought it once. I I understand licensing music and all that stuff is a nightmare, but still I just don't want to pay for it again. And granted, uh, yeah, the game the 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 game might be uh, better looking, have more capability. You know, uh, instead of just a uh, two ninety degree lanes, it'll have three sixty or something like the uh, like the quest uh, does. I'm like, yeah, that's that might be true. I still don't want to pay for the game again, damn it. Or at least give me a small up, you know, small bump because I paid for DLC. I don't want to lose all that stuff. And it just uh there's so many decent games already that I've I've bought into 
and I want to be able to carry that over. So yeah. I'm personally really upset about this. But yet I'll still buy the PSVR 2 um, because I, I like the, uh, the experience I've had with it. It feels comfortable and I really don't want to buy the, um, the meta quest as it's now called. Uh, that and the, especially since the fact that they just upped the price because, you know, like, I mean, so. of, of all of them, you know, to me, PlayStation has the best chance because, because they had, you know, they're selling you a system and they're selling this as a, as a thing on top of it. Um, I, I mean, I suppose, I suppose, uh, Vive could be up there, but, but, uh, not everybody is going to have. I think a lot more people have uh, access to eventually will have access to a PlayStation Five than will have access to a really awesome computer that that can run this stuff. It's it's uh it's even though the the PSVR is going to be weaker probably always, it's going to have more games on it and it's going to have more more access to people who who actually have it in order to play games. So I don't know. It's such a, it's a, it's an irritating thing to me. I just you are, you're cutting your library. Like somebody who gets a PSVR two, that didn't get the PSVR one, could have this huge library of games. Like oh yeah, I'll definitely buy it because they've already got this library of games. I can just jump right in and get after it. And then the new games, oh yeah, I'll get some of those too. Like it just seems like such a, a no brainer. But I would love to have somebody explain, like what's going on there. But yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing is the uh, with the PSVR two, the tech is good. Uh, I mean, just full stop. It's okay. actually the quality of what you're getting. Plus, you're also building based off of uh, the PS five, which overall is going to be a higher quality experience than uh, the games on average for like the Quest or a lot of the other VR headsets because some of those especially the quest is it's i'm using that one as the be best example because i feel that that is the most mainstream um the, some of the other ones are better uh currently but they also have a higher price point and they require a good pc so what happens is uh the quest has a mobile chipset it's like you know cell phone quality you know a like good cell phone quality but still it's not it's not a proper um graphics powerhouse uh, but because you're you're building stuff, you know, like the the solo experiences, uh, the exclusives, um, things like the new Horizon game, uh, that is meant for um, the PSVR two, and you can really utilize all that quality. Right. Um, so that's kind of what I'm, you know, that's what where they're going to shine is when they have these exclusives. And now that they're starting to get into the PC realm, you know, it's it'll be a little more lucrative for them because they'll be like, oh yeah, we'll come out either simultaneously or we'll come out on the on the PSVR two, and then X amount of months down the road, six months to a year, we'll then release it on PC, and then they can cash out. You know, they can really make make a profit. So yeah, uh, but, but yeah, but by cutting off the games that people already own, you know, you don't need to be stunting the library. Um, you know, I understand. I understand why from a business point they, they don't want that, but honestly they need to start making good with the fans. I mean, they just up the price of the actual console. For <laughs> yeah. Most I forgot the world. about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh... So they're, they up the console and they're, 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 they're doing all these things that aren't uh, consumer friendly. 
And yeah. so, yeah, it's 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 not looking good uh, as a whole. But, you know, people are short, just like you. You didn't remember. You forgot about that. Granted, you weren't affected by it, but also you forgot about it. And that's what they hope most people do. Most people are like, oh, I'm angry now, but I'll forget about it. And then I'll just dish out my money. People in London haven't forgotten about it, I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, like... I own a PS5. Um, I don't own an Xbox. I do have Xbox Game Pass, but I definitely root more for Xbox uh, to come out and do something cool because I know that like they're probably going to uh, make it consumer friendly in the near future because PS because PlayStation has uh, gotten, has gotten big for their britches that, you know, they, they won the last generation. They're clearly winning this generation as far as console sales go. Um, how it all, how it all shakes out monetarily is going to be a different story, especially if the Activision, uh, deal goes through, but it's just kind of like, dang, Sony, like, you know, I've already given you my money, like hold on to my business. Cause every time you do something like this, I'm thinking like, I think like, man, if Xbox does anything, you know, in the next generation, I might I might go with that, especially since games seem to seem to go back and forth so much uh, these days. The the uh, exclusives uh, are meaning less and less, seemingly every year. But anyway, it's just another right. one of those weird things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and this is all kind of announced during their um, during TGS, kind of during their state of play as well. Uh, so there was a couple things in the state of play that I thought were kind of noteworthy. Uh, they showed more of um, Stellar Blade, which was uh, formerly known as Project Eve, uh, Korean base uh, or Korean made uh, action game, which looks really pretty. has uh, has a lot of um, like Devil May Cry, you know, or Bayonetta kind of vibes to it. That's the one with like uh, the just- sci-fi scenery yeah. and the and the chick right yep Running around okay. yeah for sure. yeah so it looks very good uh and it, it looks like it can be very uh you know very good stylish action game on the on the uh vein of like platinum you know good platinum game uh so you know it's you know we got bayonetta coming out just around the corner from nintendo uh but this is yeah. you know this is a good chance for sony to come out with their own and they can they announced uh or they showed a bit of a Rise of the Ronin, which is uh, Team Ninja. Um, so the uh, I believe they did Neo as well. Uh, but is this this them making their uh, samurai uh, you know kind of period piece, and it looks pretty good. Uh, essentially, uh, it's kind of a Ghost of Tsushima inspired game. Okay. And. Yeah, so if if you if you anything about Ghost of Tsushima looks looks good, this is essentially you know uh, from the looks of it, you're probably playing a Ronin. Uh, he, they show him, you know, he, he has a they've shown him with a pistol and katana, so you can you can kind of figure out the time you know the time pe- period there, and mm, it looks good. It's Team Ninja. Team Ninja does good solid work, uh, so that should be impressive. Uh, I don't have a PS5, but I am at least going to be interested in it uh, for sure. And they showed uh, Pacific Drive, and that one is just a weird one. I'm not. Sh- I talked to you about this a little bit before the show. Uh, you're cruising around in a station wagon, uh, but looks like Doc Brown, you know, souped it up. 
so has like these weird add-ons bolted and you're just driving or it just shows you driving around while weird stuff is happening in the environment around you some sort of apocalypse or some sort of natural unnatural disaster as it were uh, forming and you're just driving avoiding uh damage and it, everything else about that is kind of unknown at this point it's just it looks good and it kind of piqued my interest uh of course they announced the the, the normal heavy hitters um god of war ragnarok and i've kind of stuck my fingers in my ears and just like you know you know kept myself in the dark about that because i really don't want to know much else about it yeah. uh, i know i'm gonna play it um and yeah uh there's there wasn't much else that really stuck out to me uh, i'll probably remember the moment i'm done talking with you about it but yeah those yeah. were the big things from stony yeah um kind of going back to tgs really quick before we go on to N- nintendo uh the starting roster for street fighter 6 was announced uh, it looks pretty much exactly what you'd want to see, at least uh, for some of the main characters. And I'm sure they'll be uh, releasing even more as time goes on. But you've got your 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 standard picks, so that was interesting to see. And that does look good. Um, I thought Tekken Eight looked better at first, but then I went back and looked a little bit of looked at a little bit of Street Fighter Six gameplay. And I was like, oh, this does actually look pretty awesome. A little bit different styles, but still looks good. Um, so going over to Nintendo Direct that happened, uh, man, this was one heck of a week um, or span of two weeks. Um, so you watched this, I think, and had a little bit more information on it. Um, uh, for here, just a couple uh, things. Uh, new Fatal Frame is announced, which I was surprised to hear about, uh, as well as a new Front Mission, uh, which is pretty wild. I... Played some Front Mission 4 back in the day on PS2 and uh, really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I don't know what number they're on now, but uh, I'd be... Well, the Front Mission, they're, they're actually uh, remaking... It's uh, They're remaking the first two Front Missions. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, two, to the best of my knowledge, never came to the U.S. Um, okay. So, this is going to be the first time they did that. Because I believe Front Mission 3 is the one where they came out on the PlayStation... Uh, during Squaresoft's like big push back when uh, Final Fantasy VII and Parasite Eve, like all those, you know, th- during that heyday, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, so th- those that'll be fun to to go back with those. I remember, I remember Front Mission being very difficult for me at the time, but also just really cool and really interesting. Um, but yeah, the Fatal Frame, uh, having a new Fatal Frame is is neat, but at the same time. I've every time I come back to a new Fatal Frame game, I just feel like they all look they're they're, they're all kind of the same in my brain. Uh, they never really yeah they never stuck stuck to me like a Silent Hill or anything like that. But they were fun, and I remember it being like PS One era or like you know early the early or PS Two. The um, it was a scary game at the, for for what it was at the time. I'm like yeah, that's especially since you didn't have a weapon, you know per se. You just had the camera. Um, yeah, they announced uh, they did their normal slew of announcements. They talked about the new Fire Emblem game. Um, and Fire Emblem Engage, and they kind of have a uh, in-story reasoning why they're being able to pull people from the other Fire Emblem series. So I'm like, okay, that that's neat that they can they can make the like a multiverse happen. Um, the new Octopath Traveler games coming out, and they showed showed more about that. And I haven't played the first one, so I kind of kept myself like I'm like, all right, well, it looks good. Uh, that's about all I can say about that. They're they're um. You know, there's the new Pikmin. Uh, uh, Pikmin's or I remember Pikmin was really fun for the GameCube, 
and then I never played any after the first. So mm, I, <laughs> I yeah. kind of the game yeah. got hard. That game got pretty hard. Uh, the original theme song for Pikmin in Japanese, because I was in Japan when the game came out, and that they had the cute little commercial song did, ditty they had for it was just hilarious because I was able to understand that level of Japanese, and it was just so stupid but funny. Uh, yeah, they're just talking about like you know more or less translated is like all oh, your people just you know like they just get eaten you know like <laughs> you know tabeyareru and like you're just seeing them just get chomped on and you're like. Oh, dude, that's that's a, that's kind of twisted, but it's that makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> that's sort of funny. So. Um, so there was also something about uh, Tales of Symphonia, right? Yeah. So here's a remake that uh, did not get the proper treatment. So um, people are really upset about it, and rightfully so. Uh, this game is not being uh, this game is being remade, and it's only in 30 frames. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the original GameCube game had 60 frames a second. So why couldn't they give it the proper treatment? No one's really saying why for sure. Um, but it's revered as one of the best, if not the best, Tales of Symph- Tales games. Um, it's the, I want to say it's probably the third or fourth Tales game. Because uh, it was Tales of, no, Tales of Fantasia, Tales of Destiny 1 and 2. And then I'm pretty sure it was Tales of Symphonia. Um so the other the other ones were either um, Super Nintendo or PlayStation One games, and so yeah, this one came out in the GameCube, and this was a huge deal because the GameCube didn't have a serious, uh, cool uh, JRPG uh, really at the time, and this you know this was kind of groundbreaking. It was really awesome. Uh, I believe they there was a PC port as well that also is thirty frames, and so mm-hmm. people have found mods to try to fix it. But by trying to fix it, also breaks the game in a weird, funny way because it looks like everyone's freaking out. So uh, all their sprite animations, the, the the standing sprite animations, are all like looped double fast. So people are like twitching all the time, and it's it's silly. Uh, you should go look up look up a video for it. It's it's just what I was like, yeah. Uh, so for some reason or another, they just can't seem to get the. Um, spend the time or effort to make the uh to port or try to remake the gamecube version so unfortunately it's just a, it's a classic game not getting the justice it deserves oh that's too bad um that's really too bad it, it sucks that they can't just just put it in 60 frames i mean it's i know it's a handheld system but it's a gamecube that we're talking about it's a 128 bit console released 20 years ago uh i think you can probably manage 60 frames i'd love to hear the explanation uh but probably not gonna get it anyway um i think that's pretty much all we got for news uh that was a robust news hour and change um so uh uh next we're gonna be you're 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 missing you're missing the tears of the kingdom the big the big subtitle reveal for the new zelda game yeah the one that you love so much that i'm not gonna I'll play it. Who am I kidding? I'm going to play the thing and you're you know. going to play it. You're going to play it. You're going to play all of it. You can play more of it than me and you're going to hate it. And I'm going to love it. Uh, uh, that's fine. I don't it, Everyone's guess. Everyone's speculating. It looks like it looked like they're pointing signs to real dungeons. So, you know, a lot of people are getting hyped for that. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. More like the classic Zelda style games. Uh, you know, it looks really good. Uh, you know, it, I unfortunately don't have, any knowledge of Skyward Sword, so I can't really get any of the deep lore that people, some other people might get from it because there's a lot of 
hinting at that at least. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm excited, but I'm also like, it's like you and Ragnarok. Um, I know I'm going to play it, so I don't care. Just put it out. Um, but uh, yeah, I, sh- I should have uh, I should have uh, jumped on that and and seen what, what was it called? Tears of the what? Oh, it's uh, it's supposed to be uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, so funny enough, when they did the uh, the direct, um, they they didn't stream it in the UK because it happened. The direct was shortly after oh, uh, the Queen died, that's... and so they're like, so no, like, yeah, we're not going to stream it to you officially. But you, by all means, can jump on any number of other sites to watch any of the other, you know, streams from our direct. Well, uh, that is very sensitive of them. How nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, that was pretty. You know, that happened all during TGS, and yeah, it was an action-packed, you know, little time frame there. Uh, so, uh, I guess I'll let you. Uh, you know, I have no more for the news. So I'll let you take it away. So we're done with the news. Uh, we're going to go into what we've been playing. It's going to be a pretty short conversation, I think. Um, both uh, Joe and I had some some difficulty finding uh, time to play games. Um, so it's going to be old Nick uh, carrying uh, the team here. Um, good job, Nick. <laughs> I knew I kept you around for something. Yeah, I'm good for something. So I did have my, I did have a chance to get into Bayonetta 2 a little bit. Um, and I'm enjoying that it is, uh, I am playing it on hard, uh, cause I'm an idiot, but I think it is considerably more difficult than the first one. Cause I did play a good chunk of the first one on hard. Um, but it, so it, it, it got into being more difficult earlier on, but it's pretty rewarding. Um, I do have to use all, all the moves that, that they give me and, uh, manage, my special you know meter and uh really get good at dodging and stuff like that to be able to beat the enemies and just progress especially the bosses which are really tough but even just being able to to progress to the standard enemies has been tough as it is Uh, i'm not very far in it i'm still on like i'm still on like the second level or third level or third chapter or something like that i don't know um but uh, it's good it's a it's a very good game um news news for a game that's what 10 years old now um but i'm enjoying it a lot uh and i still have a long way to go in it uh so i might have to bump that that uh, difficulty down so i can get it done before before uh bayonetta 3 comes out but uh, besides that i have also been playing um i jump back into near reincarnation again uh this is a, a mobile game came out for phones a little over a year ago uh, July 21, I think. And, uh, um, so I had never really gotten very far in it. It, uh, I just never had, I just never found time, but for some reason I've been able to find some time recently and I've been, uh, making a point to try to get through some of the story and really get into some of the systems of the game. It is a gotcha game. Uh, I haven't had to spend any money on it yet though, which is nice. Um, and I've just been kind of going through uh, some of the stuff. Uh, so I do remember now what made me want to jump back into the game. Um, they were having a Persona 5 crossover. So they had two uh, stories that were, were related. Um, 
that uh, were from the Persona 5 sort of universe. And they kind of mix the near in with the Persona 5 and kind of give you a little bit of a story. Um, and uh, so I, I got to play through that before time ran out. Before time ran out. And that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, I'm getting more into the systems. And it's a little bit more in-depth than I realized at first. I thought it was pretty uh paltry at the beginning uh but now i kind of see it, it is still like a gotcha game and it come kind of turns into a clicker after you get through some some of the early stuff um they at least give you an a story early on and then they and then they have you do like escalations of the same of the same like battles i guess just to fill time and for that you can just put it on auto and just keep your phone awake and it will uh fight through the battles for you so i don't know it's sort of a bit of a time waster there but yeah i mean there's not really too much else to say other than other than the stories are are good um within it and uh, i'm gonna try to keep keep going through and see how how much more there is worthwhile in that right. game well you, since you brought up uh, the new uh, persona 5 uh, i thought i'd mention uh kind of adjacent to it is uh xbox game pass is supposed to be getting persona 5 uh just around the corner i think it's next month and they also ended up just releasing uh slime rancher 2 so a lot of people like slime rancher 1 uh i'm curious i've i've seen some gameplay on it so i'm curious about picking up uh trying to play this and uh death loop death loop just became available on game pass uh and so it's my first time getting a chance to play that uh, I unfortunately did not get a chance to just because with some hectic stuff, but I have it downloaded. So um, my hope is to get into that uh, for next time around, and I'll be able to talk more about it. Or at least that's you know, you know, good intentions and all that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, oh, uh, yeah. Go uh, on. I was gonna say people people really liked Slime Rancher One whenever that came out. I never never played it, but I do remember hearing people talk about it being really cool. And then Persona Five. I mean, Persona Five is like a hundred and twenty hour game. Uh, so if you can get started on it, whenever it does come to Xbox, uh, game pass and, uh, you can finish it before it leaves Xbox game pass, then, you know, more power to you. But, you know, I, I don't know. I probably will go ahead and start playing it on Xbox game pass, but I was thinking about trying to get it on, on switch whenever it came out, just because I've been wanting to play it for so long, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. I bought the game on, on PlayStation, uh, four and then you know that was the and then they like six months later they announced the royal version i'm like you know what? all right i hadn't gotten around to it and now i'm never getting around to this thing so this is the only way i've ever going to convince myself i watched the anime and that anime was okay so yeah I, maybe i don't have to actually play the game all right um but also uh real quick note on the games front uh epic uh has gloomhaven uh for free and i had the so perfect segue I, <laughs> I had the perfect segue. So, okay, Gloomhaven. Yeah, bite me. Gloomhaven, great game. Uh, actually, I haven't played the digital version, so I'm really curious about that. Uh, they, I know on Steam they had recently gotten the co-op going on that, uh, but that game, uh, the physical version, is a beast. Uh, it weighs more than my child. Uh, it's a giant box. Uh, it's like hundred dollars something, you know, plus game. Yeah, I've heard it's good. Some of my board gaming nerd friends uh, have talked about it. I think it was on sale on some uh, board game sale that Amazon was having a little while ago. Um, 
I was uh, trying to pinch pennies, so I did not buy that at the time. And also, I just, uh, I don't know. But I, I would love to play it, and especially now that it's on, um, it's uh, free for, for, for right now on Epic. Uh, definitely worth it to pick that up. Maybe you and I can get a game going at some point. Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, it's that's the the other thing is you need a lot of the physical game. You need a lot of real estate for that. You have to dedicate that's a whole true. table to. And it's one of those games that you can't really conveniently pack up and put away. Uh, or you have to really take good notes and like photos of how things were laid out and who had what. So it becomes a nightmare. Uh, I we generally gave away gave up our dining room table and we're like this is now the permanent space for this game and we we went we did we played it pretty decently like on a semi-regular basis for about a good month and then uh, life got in the way and then we had to have some people over and then you we mean had to you had to get back to your life <laughs> like yeah you're like eating you know, ramen sitting on the floor next to your kitchen table you're like oh, something's gotta change for sure uh but yeah that's i mean like i said so the, the digital version i'm most definitely interested in and free is the right price uh <laughs> free is the perfect price um okay uh so i need you to say one more time that the persona 5 anime was okay all right the persona 5 anime was okay speaking of anime let's go to what we've been watching um i'll go first because uh, I don't have too much to talk about. Um, so remember how I said I was going to start getting into some magical girl anime? Uh, yes. I, I will go ahead and say that I did just today watch the first episode of the DIC version of Sailor Moon. <laughs> and um, it is, man, anime has come a long way. Uh, and it has... Um, well, changed, what's your problem, huh? It has changed in many ways, and not always for the better. I, I do love those old, those old anime. Um, this is cut together pretty well. Um, it, it's uh, it's it's nicely voice acted. It's it's silly. It's a kid. You know, you can tell it's a kid show. Um, but uh, yeah, I was listening for. I kind of I I was listening for the the friend and that uh, speaks with a New York accent. Molly? Molly. And she came on, and and really it's not that thick uh, at the very first, but you can start to hear it as she talks more. And it kind of it comes in and out. I don't really know. I don't really know what she was going for there, but yeah. Oh, Sarina. <laughs> oh, Sarina. It's so dumb, but it's so funny. Yeah. Um, it is pretty. Uh, pretty funny so i've been enjoying that uh, a little bit i, I want to watch some more um but uh, the main show that i've actually i actually wasn't planning to get back in uh into but um i just ended up sort of falling back in and i was like dang i forgot this show was really awesome so sometime last year i uh i think before maybe even we started this podcast i started watching attack on titan and um uh, I started watching the the first season. I made it through 14 episodes, and uh, then uh, I bounced off of it to watch something that I thought was more important, I guess. Uh, and so just now, recently, I've gone back to that and uh, finished up with season one, and I'm about halfway through season two. I'm on overall episode 37, so 
so uh some big stuff has happened recently but uh yeah man it's uh i i mean yeah it's no surprise to say attack on titan is good but i always heard it was good but i am actually pretty pretty um impressed with this show uh in general it is uh his it is really good the, the hype is real uh, Aaron was such an irritating character for me, though. I just, I, it was he, so hard to watch him. He is an uh, idiot. He, he is an idiot. Yeah. It's, you know, that's why everyone loved Le- Levi later on. Like, it's just like he was made for the fan base to just like ogle. Like, that's, he's like, yep, he's our new favorite. Everyone thinks so. And, you know, the guy who could do anything, essentially. So, Levi is cool. Uh, um, I, I, yeah. I have gotten to that point, you know, and he, he's sort of uh, bounced out of season two for where I'm at right now, but in, he's kind of there late in season one and does some, they kind of build him up and they, and stuff like that. And then, and then, uh, they kind of show you why everyone's like, Oh, Captain Levi. Cause like he goes in and does some badass shit and then, and it's, and makes all the right decisions. Like he's the only one with a, with a, with that doesn't have plot induced stupidity. He just like okay, do this and then do this and then everything's fine. Um, so I am actually pretty. Uh, I, I actually do like him a lot. I, I will say just a note on the um, on the voice acting. I started out watching this in Japanese and enjoyed that, and then switched over to the dub to just kind of check out what's going on there. I did not like the dub. I did not like the dub at all. Um, and uh, I. I like Matt Mercer, but I think he's a horrible choice for Levi and I, and, or I think that whoever directed him to just be Matt Mercer as Levi made a bad choice. So that's because like the Japanese Levi to me is, is the voice for that is just perfect. But anyway, uh, we can argue about that in a minute. What did you have to say about Attack on Titan? Yeah, it's one of those things that like it's good, but I even I was in Japan during the hype and I was watching it as it was coming out. I'm like, you know what? I just can never get fully behind it, uh, like to the extent that everyone else seemed to be. Uh, yeah. I I made it pretty far. I made we made it until I think it was before the most recent stretch of you know like I thought it was supposed to be ending soon and then, then they're like okay cool this should be like I waited for I was just waiting for the last segment to come out and then they're like oh and then there's more stuff and then there's more so like it just never seemed to end and I'm like but this stuff is supposed to be finished by now right and so it's just I was kind of you know but when they do the big reveal like one of the major reveals of like the series they did it in such a way that I was just like okay, I kind of really love the way they revealed it. It was so different. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, we, uh, my wife and I had to do a double take. We we're like, wait, did that just happen? And we like, oh, sure it did. Okay. Um, but no, it was, it was a good, uh, it's like, it's, it's, it's totally solid. I recommend it for a lot. There's a really, really good thing you should find on, on the internet where it's the Japanese voice cast uh, singing the opening theme song. <laughs> um okay i will uh, i will cool. have to send it to you and hopefully maybe throw it in the show notes but it is really really funny um it's just uh it's literally them just the the voice cast and one of them is doing the uh 
he just goes all in. <laughs> it's just that's all I could say is he just goes all in, uh, and they they all know that they're singing bad German, and yeah, it's just it's it's good. Do you know if there are any movies for the Attack on Titan series? Because I thought it ended with the actual show uh, sometime uh, early this year, uh, or and yeah, it was early this year. I think that 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 the fourth season finally ended, but did. I thought I saw something about a movie or something like that that would obviously there be was like at in least, between. There was at least one movie. I thought there might have been two, but there might have been a miniseries. Maybe. Uh, like, uh, and that's why I thought, that's when I thought it was supposed to, like, oh yeah, because we finished season three and when season four came out, it took a while. And then it was just like, and then the movie came or something. I think it was then the movie and then there was, uh, but then there was more extra small stuff. I'm like, okay, when is this actually finishing? And I, I just never bothered wait, like looking into it. Okay. Uh, but guaranteed, there is at least one movie to it. Okay, that okay. much I do know. I'll have to figure out so. when that comes into play, and then uh, and then go watch that. I'm sure it won't really change much of anything because that's kind of the way anime movies seem to go when they're uh, part of a series like that. But um, but it's something that. Yeah, traditionally, uh, the older series it used to be like this anime, this uh, movie is a spinoff that's unrelated to the actual story, or this is one giant recap. And that was always uh, a slap in the face because you're like, yeah, the movie's coming out. You just repeated the first season. God damn you. <laughs> I think uh, I, I didn't, I don't know. I think Jan Ochoa said it best uh, when he said about this one particular anime, anime movie. He said, it changes nothing, but it changes everything. <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I know the, uh, the Boku no Hero ones. Um, they they've been just like side stories that really don't have any real stakes involved, and it's just like okay, which is makes sense because you know if the movie comes out during the summer vacation time frame, and you know it's like you don't necessarily they'll make nods to it usually when the new se series come in, but they won't. You don't want it to be so shifting that like those who didn't go see the movie all of a sudden like what the hell's going on? And they um, and they bounce on the show, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, that's cool though. Uh, so anyway, got, got back into it. Yeah, that's that's it for for me on what I've been watching. I've seen some other cool YouTube stuff, but um, probably talk about that later, maybe. Uh, and then, uh, but you've had uh, a couple different things that you started watching. One of which I almost started to watch, but uh, ended up not. So take it away, Joe. All right. Uh, first, I'm going to talk about um, a uh, an anime that got. Uh, dubbed, which I wasn't expecting to, but it did. Um, I just had seen the thumbnail around when it was being when it was it's currently being aired in Japanese, and uh, it's called a uh, Call of the Night, and it's uh, it's just an anime about uh, a a kid uh, trying to be in his rebellious phase, trying to like you know it's like I'm going to leave the house in the middle of the night, and he's having trouble sleeping, and he comes across um, a vampire essentially, and the kid doesn't understand the concept of love. Uh, he was confessed to by a classmate and he turned her down because he just doesn't understand what, like the emotions of love. Um, so when this vampire bites him, he's like, am I a vampire now? And they're like, no, that doesn't, that's not how this works. Um, you have to be in love with the person who like the vampire who bites you in order for you to turn. Uh, and so he's like, okay, I want, and then his, now his life goal is he wants this he wants this vampire to turn him into a vampire. That's his goal, uh, so he can understand love. Slash, he wants to you know he wants to experience that. That's a cool and, twist on the legend. Uh, it's 
the art direction of this is real fun. Uh, the color palettes and stuff and the way they do this is, is pretty awesome. I'm watching this in English. I'm digging the English voices. Uh, the music's a lot of fun. Uh, both the, uh, the credit song, but just overall, like just the vibe this show gives off is, is just different. Um, and I'm, it's, it's chill. It's, you know, so, uh, I've only watched a handful of episodes, like three, two, I think two or three, and I've enjoyed them. And so I am looking forward to this one and it has a distinct, uh, character design and I'm not sure if it is. But it reminds me of uh, Dagashi Gashi, um, uh, a, a show all about a, a kid who owns a snack shop. And uh, essentially, yeah, he, he comes across a crazy girl, essentially, who she's the daughter of a major snack company, uh, like yeah. something like Meijin Chocolates. And it's all it is is a giant, it's just an anime about uh, snacks. So if you're a foodie who just loves snacks or you want to learn more about Japanese snacks, this is your like, encyclopedia uh in an anime form uh so the character design reminds me of that the way they do the female eyes in particular um and the main character the main male character like they there are similarities so i'm not once again i'm not sure i didn't dive into it seeing if it's the same company that did it or if there's any relation to the manga you know mangaka or the manga artist um so but, but just you know like i said it's it's been a good find I was really pleasantly surprised with that. That's cool. Um, and the the other thing I watched uh, is I watched a few episodes of uh, Cyberpunk. Uh, Cyberpunk, the anime, got released by Netflix, and uh, it is is done by Studio Trigger, uh, and it's totally a Studio Trigger ass anime. It's uh, it's good uh, as far as the animation quality. Um, so Studio Trigger does things like uh, Gurren Lagann. Uh, and they do a lot of weird stuff in between. Like you can, you can see like the stylings of, um, uh, was it, uh, there's, it's not Ninja Assassin, but there was a, a, a really crazy Ninja Slayer. I think it was, it was called Ninja Slayer. And it's just that one. It's just really weird ass kind of concept of, uh, some of the fight scenes and action. The quality is good. Uh, there's not much else to say about it. It's just. Uh, I haven't gotten too far into it, but it got me interested. I'm like, I really didn't know how, what to think about it at first. Uh, I didn't have high hopes, but be, mostly because I knew it was Studio Trigger doing the art. I'm like, you know what? It's worth a shot. Um, yeah, and it, they do a good job making it, you know, making you, you know, feel like you're um, in that universe. Uh, I, having played the game, it was really funny because they used the same exact uh, noise for when they, people get phone calls. So it's the same ringtone. And mm. it was really funny because it took me by surprise because whenever the main character gets a phone call, I'm like, I'm like, where the hell did I hear that noise before? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the same exact tone in the game. It's like 1000% that that noise tone. I'm like, that's that's nice to have some overlap uh, with the official game license. I'm like, all right, I can get down with that. Uh, that's and cool. yeah, uh, I'd. I'm not necessarily expecting to be wild, like super amazed by this, but I think it'll be all right. So at least I hope so. All right. I did want to look into this. I did start to watch it, uh, but I was like, "Eh, I don't want to start this right now. I wanted to keep watching uh, some more attack on Titan, but uh, the art style does look great. And uh, I've heard from other sources that it's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, Cyberpunk, I think is great in anime form um, because it's kind of hard to, produce 
otherwise, uh, you kind of have to have a pretty good size uh, budget and be willing to uh, kind of go there uh, in some ways. And I think anime does a really good job of, of meeting that challenge. So, uh, I do probably want to, I, I do want to watch it. I don't know if I'll get a chance to, but it's on my list now, but yeah. So they do a good job doing a good props to a fist of the North star reference in that too. Okay. Uh, this, this kid does the whole punching slash, um, Bruce Lee slash, you know, like, you know, what kind of noises. And I'm like, that's totally just a that's uh, an homage to Fist of the North Star, without a doubt. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> that's awesome that they, that they do that. Oh, that's actually something they announced too um, for the Switch. It was a uh, oh yeah, like it was that it was the Switch boxing or whatever game, but it's the Fist of the North Star variant, and that I would not play it. But that looks the kind that's my kind of stupid and awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's supposed to be the exercise boxing game, but it's all Fist of the North Star theme. Well, if there's ever something that Fist of the North Star should be involved with, it's it's definitely that. Um, yeah, I probably won't pick it up either, but I'll at least check it out on YouTube, see what it's like. Uh, that's awesome. Well, I think that's that's going to be it for us. Uh, what we've been watching and playing and the news and all that stuff. Um, busy week uh, for everybody all around. But uh, yeah, so... Hopefully, we'll be able to catch more of the news next time. Um, Joe, uh, what is the moral of today's episode? All right. The moral of this episode is uh, try to get your news facts ahead of time and don't wait on us because chances are we're going to be a week late. Yeah, if you if you uh, got your news facts from us, you probably either don't care about video games uh, stumbled onto this onto this uh, video by accident and uh, podcast by accident and uh, then fell down and paralyzed yourself and couldn't change the channel uh, or you've been living under a rock. Those are but we thank you for sticking around and listening to us. But we thank you for for doing that for us. That's uh, really great. Um, yeah. So with that, uh, bid you all adieu. Until next time. Bye. Yeah. Take it easy.